Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions, extraordinary events, and other amazing adventures. I'm Kim, and I hope everyone in the U.S. had a great Thanksgiving last week. For our international listeners, I hope you had a wonderful Thursday. If you guys are wondering where Ted is, check out our last episode and you'll get to learn all about his latest adventure and his upcoming move to Colorado. All right, so this time of year is always extra fun for me as my birthday falls right around Thanksgiving week. This year, I decided to combine a little bit of birthday fun with a little bit of Rochambeau travel. So my beau Sean and I went to Asheville, North Carolina. We had some mountain time fun, and we also captured a live recording of today's episode, the 2019 National Gingerbread House Competition. So back in 2018, Ted and I celebrated Christmas in July, and we did an episode on this great event. And ever since then, I've wanted to go check it out. I am so glad I did because it is truly a great competition in a beautiful setting. It celebrates art, baking, and architecture, and the National Gingerbread House competition has become wildly popular. It's featured on Good Morning America, the Travel Channel, the Food Network. It takes place at the iconic mountain resort, the Omni Grove Park Inn, and people enter from all over the U.S. and Canada for a chance to strut their confectionery chops. Over 200 gingerbread houses were made this year to compete in the 27th annual event. There's four different categories, adult, teen, youth, and child. And the rules are pretty straightforward. Each gingerbread creation needs to fit in a two by two by two foot square. It must be constructed of 75% gingerbread and it must be 100% edible. Can't be over 50 pounds in weight. And the judges, they're looking for five different criteria, right? Overall appearance, originality and creativity, difficulty, precision, and consistency of theme. Y'all, the creativity displayed blew my mind, and I am so excited to share this experience with you. So I'm hopeful that you guys remember Tracy Johnston Crum from our original National Gingerbread House competition episode. I gotta say, she was our favorite rock star. There are so many little quotables in your interview that we just we just fell in love with Tracy. And Tracy, Aww. welcome back to Rochambeau. You know, my absolute pleasure to be here, and thanks. Walking into this hotel, I had no idea just how grand it is. She's magnificent. In fact, I try to tell Phenomenal. people we send pictures and you just don't seem to get the scale of it no. until you're coming around that entrance and it's as if she kind of is unfolding before you. And she's well, she's majestic. And it's amazing to me. People are always like, oh, now these are people who have seen the website. These are people who have seen all the pictures. We can describe it in every way possible, but it's not until you're standing before her that you really are awestruck, if you will. 100%. So when you do walk through those doors to begin with, you're in an amazing grand hall, multiple fireplaces, rocking chairs, tons of places to sit. During this beautiful time of year, there's a Christmas tree that goes to the ceiling. How tall is that thing? You know, I actually don't know how tall that tree is um, because we do change that tree every year. Ah. So I never give a, a exact height because 
maybe next year will be a foot shorter. Fair so enough. We will say that it is two stories high. <laughs> uh, the Great Hall is what we call the living room of Western North Carolina. Uh, people have come from all over, and it is a very comfortable place, even though it is rather grand. It is very comfortable. Those fireplaces you referenced are 36 feet wide. The openings Gosh. are over nine feet wide. So they were the main heating source for the main inn in the beginning, in 1913. Now, also, you didn't mention the ridiculous, the great gingerbread house, which this year got a renovation, shall we say. In years past, it has been about 10 and a half feet by 10 and a half feet. This year, it is 33 feet by over 14 feet. It's pretty remarkable. Basically, we always use the center of the main inn as the great gingerbread house. It was a bit of a replica of that, but we added the north and south wings now as well. So it is a true representation of the front of the main inn. So one of our favorite stories from when you originally joined us was of a maybe 50 something year old man taking a nibble out of that giant gingerbread house that you just described. Correct. I had a gentleman who I'm assuming, and this is totally an assumption, was in his mid-50s at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, bite that gingerbread house. And I said, excuse me, sir, please don't bite the gingerbread house. Now, if this was at 10 o'clock at night and he had had a few beverages, I mean, we live in Beer City, USA. We do craft beer like nobody does craft beer here in Asheville, North Carolina. So a couple of those, and then you bite the gingerbread house? Sure, okay, I've got a little more understanding for you. But at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to have to ask you to step away. Has anybody tried this you know, year? I wish I could say that that was an isolated occurrence, but that no. happens all the time. Really? I mean, it is, the exterior is completely edible. And so it's one thing when you have a kid or a dog, or but it happens all the time. And so I'm just weird. I'm stunned. Are you, you're, you're an adult person, right? It's mind blowing to me. I and we've even had people reach over and people are like, oh, kids, don't touch the gingerbread houses. Don't touch them. The, the little ones that are or the smaller ones that are on display that people have spent 500 hours on. Right. And then the same parent will reach right over and touch something. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to go walk that display the way that you guys have all of these. Are, are they all winners or people that have placed within the top 10? Actually, we have all of them. But 12. Wow. 12 we send to a wonderful establishment called the Grove Arcade, also built by Edwin Wiley Grove in downtown Asheville. So if someone doesn't have the opportunity to come up here to the resort, they have an opportunity to see some of the gingerbread houses. Oh, that's just great. However, this year we had over 200 entries. It's the most we've had in over 15 years. Oh, my gosh. It was incredible. So they're all on the property. And I bet you just saw the ones that are on the lobby level. Right. Lobby level is top 10 in every category. However, down on level seven is all the rest. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, it's amazing. So the thing that we could have done this year that really was unusual was we could have very easily had a top 25. I mean, it was incredible. And I mean, you're going to see some down on level seven and think, why was this not in the top 10? How did this not win? Our judges had a very, very difficult time. I am glad not to be one of them. No doubt. And I know you have amazing judges every year, but that is tough competition. It is a hard job. I would not want to have their job and they have to be objective. And that's the other part. That's the other reason I don't judge is because I know all of our competitors. Right. I've gotten to know them. I walk every single one in uh, as they come in on that Sunday. I walk every single one in backward, by the way, because you don't ask the competitor who's just spent 500, 600 hours working on their edible masterpiece. You don't ask them to walk backward. They're nervous. And the hardest <laughs> part of the whole competition is getting it here. Right. I mean, putting it in the car is truly a leap of faith. It is an amazing 
uh, testament to their construction. It is an amazing testament to their just belief that they can get here. Uh, we have a, we have a, a, a triage uh, center actually uh, set up for them. So in case there's an issue as, during their drive, they can come in. And we have, a, um, we have candies and royal icing set up so That's that they great. can come in and try to repair anything that has happened because that is the worst part. And once they roll in with me, we get it onto the table in their spot and they walk away. It's over. That's it. They can't touch it anymore. It's done. Oh it has gosh. entered into that competition. Oh my gosh. Well, let's go see some. Okay. All right, so Tracy has taken me to the number one grand prize winner of the adult competition. And of course, I'm completely floored, but as is everyone that is gathering around to check this out. This is The Waterhole by Gail Oliver. She's from Johnson City, Tennessee. And, and I brought you to our ridiculously large gingerbread wall because we have to showcase this all year round. I mean, this is something that people come, whether it's right now for the six weeks that we have all of the gingerbread houses here, we actually keep the grand prize winner up all year long. Oh, that's awesome. More of a reason for any of you guys planning a trip because you will get to see this amazing tiki palace. You've got two monkeys, you've got a flamingo. Everybody has a drink in hand or nearby. So they are at their water hole, uh, which is a delightful bar with uh, being served by a uh, fox bartender. There's a full-on bar scene inside with a turtle getting served by that fox. I'm really partial to the alligator in the hammock with the coconut beverage. Yes, that's, that's where I would like to be. The other part of this that really is kind of amazing is that if you look underneath, you will see that the bar itself, the water hole, is actually suspended on top of rocks inside this little small oasis. So that's really the design feat here because these people are not just incredible bakers, not just incredible artists, but they are wonderful engineers and architects. So yeah, I mean, you can see that the entire bar, the waterhole is actually sus uh, suspended on top of just a few little rocks. With the illusion that they are in a body of water, which is gorgeous. And I don't know what that would be made of, but that's I assume it's edible. Essentially, that is very, very uh, hot uh, sugar. And wow. we only allow the teens and adults to use isomalt uh, because it is truly dangerous to be used and can cause, uh, you know, very much some physical harm. So we do ask that only our teens and adults sure. use isomalt. We sure. want to protect our child and youth competitors. Understood. Well, this is just beautiful. What is the history of Gail? Has she competed before? She has competed before. She tends to always fall within the top 10 somewhere. Last year, she was not here. She had a lot of things going on. So we were very happy to see her coming back because her work is uh, always fantastic. And what better way to welcome her back than by giving her the grand prize. It was really fantastic. Of course, our judges don't know this. Our judges, they judge everything blind. They don't know who did what. So they only have a number. That's really cool. We want them to be objective and we want them to right. really bring their professional opinion to the table. And if they know who the person is, there's too much history. Yeah. I mean, this is our 20, this was our 27th year. Next year will be 28. There's a lot of history here. So we want to make sure that, you know, they, no one has an unfair advantage. So all the judging is done blind. And actually, as it rolls back around here, you're going to notice that there's a number and that's her number. And so if they can integrated into the um, theme of the design itself. So it's A156 was, so everybody oh, has their now. individual yes. numbers so they do not know who is what. But we do actually give more credit if your number is edible, if it is integrated into the theme of your piece. And she sure did. I mean, she it's right there on the board and it's, it's fantastic. You don't even notice it because it blends right in with the rest of the decor along the board. It's so amazing. And that monkey is so drunk. Yeah, he is just that's falling. why he's falling into the water. <laughs> 
And you hear a lot of those little voices behind us. I know you do. We actually have these gingerbread houses up for six and a half weeks, uh, almost seven weeks this year. And we have tons of wonderful local school kids that come up to visit. Oh, that's awesome. And it's a really great opportunity for uh, the young people of Asheville, North Carolina to come up, get comfortable at the Grove Park Inn, know their way around. They know us for gingerbread. And a lot of kids in the area actually compete. Awesome. Whether it's with a class or just a few friends. So all of our child and youth and teen entrants, they come from all over the U.S., but predominantly they come from the Southeast. That is so cool. And this one in particular being the grand prize is behind glass. As you said, it'll be here all year and it's rotating. Mm -hmm. But all the other amazing ones are out in the open. That's correct. And one of the things that I noticed standing near them is you smell the gingerbread like it is amazing smelling by them and every yeah see you said amazing i might have a different word for that what would you call it sickening that's just me <laughs> but realize i walked over 200 wonderful uh, gingerbread creations so the amount of sugar and icing that i have smelled in the last week is is a little daunting for normal people uh so yes as i walk by them occasionally i will hold my breath yes the smell is i know very nostalgic and people love it and it is people have room like air fresheners with the gingerbread smell right. i might actually feel a little different about that <laughs> that would be a cruel gift for you yes actually my mother has had it in her house once and i was like no mama i love you i have to go <laughs> All right, well, let's go see some of those open-air ones, and Perfect. you can hold your breath. I'll do my best. All right. All right, so we can start to smell them just as we walk up on them. Hmm. We just came up upon our top 10 teen winners. You can see each one has their name tag out so you know who made what. Uh, it also has the name of the entry on it as well as where the teen is from. So really it is letting people know who the artist is, where they're from, and what their concept was because one of the things we judge on is consistency of theme. Now this is not a theme that we uh, set for them. It's right. what they set for themselves and how well they set within that uh, scene. So this actually is the third place winner, the Christmas tree lot from the Institute of Innovation um, from Gaffney, South Carolina. Uh, and it's, it's really beautiful. You can see all the way around. Again, our judges will judge 365 degrees. Oh, yeah. But again, check out the nameplate next to the I door. I see that. They incorporated it perfectly. It's yep. like the little address of the house. And you'll see that a lot. So it's T211 was their uh, competitor number. And again, the judges judge all of this blind. That's great. So here we have Chloe Jennings from Perlier, North Carolina. She's one of, um, well, she's one of my babies. I'm not going to lie. She's one of my favorites. This is uh, Chloe's last entry as a teen. So she's aging out. She is. She is 17 this Aww. year. And this is the sound of Christmas. So you actually see the rice paper has been printed with edible ink. And she's built this beautiful fireplace, this hearth of warmth and wellness on top of a beautiful piano with Carol. Yes, she always names her people. She, basically, she leaves them here so they can look out for me for the next few weeks. So this is Carol, and she will be watching me. That is fantastic. And she's really quite remarkable. And then you've got your grand prize or your uh, first place winner in the teen category next to you. This is Cortland High German Program from Spotsylvania, Virginia. So this is very much part of the culture. Um, and so their German teacher has worked with them over the past few years to create these gingerbread houses. And it comes with a story. It, they spend an inordinate amount of time. You can see here there is one, two, three, four, five structures. And so each one is incredibly detailed. They work for hours and hours. And they talk about this. And it's a great way for her to teach them about the German culture. They and they've been a winner a for job. the last, uh, I would say, four to five years. Oh, wow, really? They've taken first place in the teen category for several years. This is my favorite category because these kids have not been told what they have to use. So it is our teens who really bring a lot of innovation to the competition Very because they cool. have great new ideas on how to use different and new products that adults 
either have not considered or haven't been already told and instructed to use. That's awesome. So I really watch the teens as the kind of up and coming. And do you have many teens that end up in the adult section later on? We do. Megan Morris is perhaps our claim to fame. Well, she's my claim to fame. <laughs> um, Megan actually won the Haunted Gingerbread Showdown this year on Food Network. You say Haunted? Haunted Gingerbread Showdown. It was all based around <laughs> Halloween and different themes about Halloween. And she won this year. Uh, and, and she was incredible. So she started competing when she was about 14 years old with us. And so she competed through the teen years. And then she went to college and started competing on the adult level. Was in the top 10. Had a hard year. Uh, competed but didn't make it into the top 10. She's now finishing up graduate school. And she is... Um, uh, amazing and so but she didn't really she did enter this year but her piece was a little smaller because well she's already made three edible well, masterpieces <laughs> there you go and welcome to the adult section oh right oh wow you do see the change right i mean you really do everything yeah. here it's very intense competition everything has to be clean exposed gingerbread gets more credit because it is hard uh to make sure everything's clean and tidy tell when me you what you mean by exposed gingerbread so the top of this book we are over here at tall tales of christmas so the top of the book and you see how clean the edges are mm -hmm. and that is exposed gingerbread so gotcha. she's going to get more credit oh, for yes, that yes. because it's not covered in fondant this beautiful home for the holidays over here which is amazing by the fillions there's it's covered in fondant all the seams have fondant so they can hide any mistakes with mm -hmm. icing or fondant all right. Yeah, no, I understand why the exposed gingerbread would be so respectful now. That's crazy. I remember walking this one in the Tall Tales of Christmas, and everyone has these very elongated uh, legs, and it's horrifying. Because I'm they just like snap at any second. I'm just like, nobody breathe on it. Please, nobody breathe on it. <laughs> but here it is. It landed in its right place, and it's beautiful. It's really wonderful. Um, it, Lourdes is a really lovely competitor, too. That's the nice thing about this competition that I can tell you is different than any other food competition or art competition, because, I mean, these technically is both, is that there is such a sense of camaraderie here and passion. People love to be here. They're kind to each other. And while they're competitive, there's not any you know, mean-spiritedness that's here. And that's really, you can see it and feel it. Even with us, everybody is so ready to embrace this competition. That's awesome. Okay, this one is probably my favorite. As much as I love Gales, this one's my favorite. This is Beatrice Mueller. Mm -hmm. um, Beatrice was the one, if you remember the last episode, who basically finally told me I could eat a cookie because <laughs> everyone else that I talked to was like, you don't want to eat these things. You know, they've been touched a lot. They're covered sometimes in like spray, like the big one. But Beatrice was like, no, my family always eats them because it's edible cookie. <laughs> Everything I make, it's, uh, you should be able to eat it without breaking your teeth, right? Uh, they keep telling me, why don't you just use, you know, the, the construction? So, well, it's, it, it's not edible anymore. There's no difference of making it out of cardboard, you know what I mean? It, she is totally and utterly true to the spirit She's of gingerbread. So lovely. And what she has made here is mind-blowing. And this is an Escher-inspired gingerbread house. And for her, it's all Mediterranean colors. And uh, in fact, if you will turn on your cell phone, hold on, let me turn mine on, and show you that inside each single one of these apartments, they're all going in different directions. And so everything is in perspective for its own direction. The people are standing sideways on some walls or headed up steps. But inside each room is someone celebrating Christmas without snow. 
because so often we see Christmas celebrated with snow, but there are many places in the world that don't celebrate with snow or with cold temperatures. So this is a warm weather perspective on, you know, celebrating the holidays. And let's be honest, it's immaculate. And if you were were to squat down, you would notice that it's actually being suspended as well with its own weight. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? This is one that you would be doing yourself such a disservice if you didn't look at every single angle. Truly, honestly, she's she's one of the most crazy. incredible artists that we have entering the competition. And uh, it's one of those things that, and she and her husband, Jose, they're, they're both actually originally from Argentina and they're amazing yeah. people. And they're exactly what I'm talking about. They come in with such joy. Yeah. And they're so eager to be here. And it, it's just wonderful to have them here. So not only does she do exemplary work, but she's also a true remarkable human and she comes from so far away indeed and yet she's still not the furthest oh she's not so Beatrice comes from Ontario Mm -hmm. who's the furthest California oh wow yeah from Redding California so it's it's always harder when you stop and think about it because when it really comes down to miles California is actually further. Now, this next one is a really phenomenal ship. And we've had ships enter before, don't get me wrong. But I love you want to talk ship. detail oh and gosh. clean lines? It blew me away. Oh my and the gosh. waves, even, my favorite is the fish that's jumping in there. Uh, Wanda Myers <laughs> is from Statesville, <laughs> which is just about fish. two and a half hours away. And I mean, it, this is just beautiful. If we had seen this in a store, there's no way we would have assumed it was gingerbread we would just assume it's a ship for purchase exactly it looks like uh, some sculpture and and that water and that's the isomalt again reserved only for our teen and adult competitors whoa it is stunning and then last but not least over here is a Catherine Bedall from our top 10 oh my goodness she actually won second place last year and this is a wonderful fairy village and what I love about it is it's very very natural so it's the type of fairy village that we or at least I as a child this is what I envisioned a fairy village looking like. Not pinks Absolutely. and purples, but no. all natural colors and pine cones and cranberries. Much more like Jim Henson Dark Crystal y. Oh, Dark Crystal's my favorite. Oh, yeah, this is why we're friends, Kim. Just saying. <laughs> All right, so what age is this child section? So, our child category, uh, th- those ages range from five to eight. Wow, and this is so a dare carry. She's adorable. She is the first place winner in the child category. This is Frost. This is a huge, beautiful. beautiful polar bear with a little um, an elfin fairy on top and a beautiful winter uh, setting. I really love the barks of the trees that she has striped and covered with white chocolate. Gorgeous. And it's, she's made some really beautiful birch trees. It's gorgeous. And then we've got a few more. Uh, Khaleesi Dorner. She is in our top 10. Ironically, you might notice she's from Coldwater, Ontario. <laughs> this is Beatrice Mueller's granddaughter. Really? It is. And it was really oh great because when I got to announce that Beatrice was in second place, I got to look over at Khaleesi and say, Khaleesi, do you know who's in second place? It's Nana. I mean, she's from Gingerbread. This is what she knows. This is what she does. So we were really happy to have her. And here we have the BMP astronauts trip to the moon. So we've got a nice rocket going on here. I am a little trepidatious about that tree over there. I don't think yeah. it's going to last very yeah. long with us. Nope, it is leaning. The enemy <laughs> of all of these entries is heat humidity that's what destroys sugar and so unfortunately things do fall off as we go through the season and we do clean them up every day we try to make sure they're tidy as can be but again it's gonna happen it does happen yeah it really really does well why don't we head down and i'll show you the rest okay sounds good great 
Here we have a beautiful nutcracker. This is a Sugar Plum Wonderland. This is Julie and Michael Andrea Cola. They were our grand prize winners last year, and they have different representations in each of these boxes of Christmas in different uh, places. For instance, Chocolate oh, Spain, Tea China, Coffee Arabia, and Candy Canes in Russia. So really beautiful. Awesome. I, I'm really partial to this one over here. Uh, this is a um, youth competitor. This is Cinderella's dressing room. So smart. Now I'm going to take a, a brief turn. My daughter made me call her Lucifer for three months when she was three. And people looked at me awfully funny, and I could not understand, why are you making me call you Lucifer? And then finally it occurred to me, Lucifer is the cat in Cinderella, and she just wanted to be the cat. So for three months, I had a lot of people look at me very strangely. Looking for the best child therapist possible. Exactly. Like, that woman is not nice to her child. <laughs> And she was a good kid. She wasn't even a bad kid. But we do have Lucifer represented here with the dress for Cinderella and all the mice that are helping her get dressed. Oh and it really is amazing to me. Things that you will see that, I mean, I love this church here with the beautiful stained beautiful. sugar glass. Uh, Linda Carney is a uh, forever competitor. Linda. Yep. And this church, she actually just had time in the latter part. Um, she was not sure she was going to get to enter. And she did a beautiful job with this gorgeous sleek. church. And it is immaculate. It's just really, really beautiful. I remember Linda from being such a staple of the community. And that Absolutely. she has, I think, a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. They're called the Ginger Friends. Friends. That is correct. Right. Group so that if someone you know knows nothing about gingerbread, they join my Facebook group and we teach them, and we're all we're all friends. So that yes, there's a friendly rivalry, and yes, there's a couple of people who I would like to place higher than. But when all is said and done, I'm still going to cheer for them, even if I don't win. And we are going to still be friends at the end of it because it's the friendship and the creation and the exploration of the art that is just as much fun as winning prizes at the actual competition. Uh, this is Jessica Frost. You asked who was uh, our furthest uh, house winner, and it is Redding, California. Jessica Frost, she's been entering, and this is the Magician's House. Cool. So it's really kind of uh, odd and weird, and I love it because it's a dark gingerbread house. You know, it's not just uh, sunshine and light. It's no. really kind of spooky and weird. Yeah. There's a little black magic in there. Exactly. I love it. What does it say on the side here? Uh, those who do not believe in magic will never find it. That is really cool looking and very unique. It's kind of astounding to me, some of these. And again, how did some of these not end up in the top 10? I, you, it, it's impossible to know. I do but, not want to be a judge for this. No, nor I. And there's very good reasons. Actually, let's head back over here okay. and we'll walk across because it's getting a little bit crowded over here. And again, it, it's hard to see them all. When you have over 200 entries, wow. it's impossible to really see and appreciate them all. Um, you know, I, I can't get over, you know, this one over here is the Kraken kids. So they have a Kraken coming out to take over the ship. Um, this is a great Christmas at the farm with the little animals all getting together and helping to work to put that star on top. Oh, my god. This is a great entry from the Asheville City Schools in real life after school. They're called the Dream Team. And it's very uh, we, well constructed. We really love our kids from In Real Life. It's actually a program for middle schoolers ah. for after school between the hours of 3.30 oh, awesome. and 5.30 or 6. So they've got somewhere to be after yeah. school while their parents are still at work. We have something like that in uh, my hometown. It's called East Atlanta Kids Club. Nice. It's just lovely for kids to have a community and somewhere to go. Absolutely. That's when most um, kids in that age find themselves 
in trouble. Exactly. And it's a lot harder for them to get in trouble when they have somewhere to be and something to do. Exactly. Now, here's where you're going to see some things about why are these not in the top 10. So, Bonnie Hardiman here from Hagerstown, Maryland. Look at all that beautiful exposed Holy gingerbread. Moly. And the expressions on the faces. It's incredible, right? So, he's a puppet master. He is working on puppets all around. And then Do, we've did got, you ever find out like why something like this didn't make it into the top ten? And there's no reason. Again, this is very um, objective. They, we we yeah. need them to be objective. But it is quite beautiful. Same thing here with Mary Yeagle. Uh, she's from Huber Heights, Ohio. It, her entry is iridescent. The VW bus with the house on top. Wow. So again, a pretty crazy RV creation unbelievable and the thing is is it's so iridescent the colors are so rich it astounds me amazing and then we, we have uh, the team cutter here this. the watcher this is the tree that sees all things and you've got everything around him from you know the birds who have made nests in his hair to the mm. tree frog on his shoulder uh, and he is um, you know kind of uh, the embodiment of nature it's awesome. I also really love this one over here, this T-Rex one. Oh, His teeth yes. are fantastic. I gotta go look Wh at the without teeth. the teeth, I would be lost. Yes, we'll, we'll squeeze, squeeze through these lovely tiny humans. Hello, <laughs> tiny humans. So look at this. Oh, my Come on. gosh. Look at his teeth. His teeth make me laugh so hard. And he's making his own little gingerbread man. That's correct. He has a piping bag in hand. Meanwhile, his friend, the Triceratops down here, <laughs> is taking care of a few of those as well. <laughs> uh, it looks like, he, I mean, it's one of the things where says he's eating them, but then we have a um, lovely uh, chest of uh, gingerbread cookies over here. So maybe he's not eating, maybe he's building, you never know. This is so good looking. Also, this is just, you know, a little over 200 gingerbread houses, that's no all. Deal. Come no and visit deal. us. And again, you will enjoy the smell. I will not, but you will enjoy the smell. Your <laughs> listeners will enjoy the smell. That's right. All right, so people have plenty of time to come see this awesomeness, right? They do. This is open to the public until January 4th. That's it great. does not cost a dime to see the National Gingerbread House competition display. However, there is a $25 parking charge, and half of that goes back to local not-for-profits. So in the past six years, we've had the opportunity to give $430,000 oh to local not-for-profits who are doing true good in this community. This whole event is just warm and fuzzy. It really is. It's it's kind of amazing to me. We invite people to check out the website, which is um, theomnigrovepartin.com. Just punch it in or just go to your Google bar, type in the Omni Grove Park Inn or Grove Park Inn. Either way, we'll all get you back to here. Look at Gingerbread, find out all the specifics, the days that are, uh, we don't uh, welcome new uh, individuals in on the holidays. It's just so busy here. Sure. So there are a couple of blackout dates. So take a look at that if you're coming to visit us or just book a stay and come and visit us. And then you basically get to see it anytime you want. Even better. And there's so much to see here at the Omni Grove Park Inn. I want to chat with you a minute about the history oh, yeah. of this amazing place. Pretty incredible story all the way around. Uh, we are the vision of Edwin Wiley Grove. He was a pharmacist out of Paris, Tennessee. Sorry, not France, but Paris, <laughs> Tennessee. Uh, he was a, a pharmacist who developed something called Grove's Tasteless Chill Tonic. And essentially what that was was quinine suspended in a liquid form that he then masked the taste of quinine with lemon and sugar flavorings. So quinine For malaria? Was, it was actually to treat the malarial symptoms as well as to uh, prevent malaria. But the Why thing not? was, quinine was already known to be this uh, kind of bit of a cure-all, but it was also called the cure that kills you because it was so unbelievably unpalatable. Right. So people wouldn't take it. So we created this gross, tasteless chill tonic. It became something that people could stomach, barely, but they could. <laughs> 
the thing was is it was also a large percentage of alcohol. So uh, as it was being sold, uh, and you hear of the medicine man selling these wonderful concoctions. Well, he was a bit of a medicine man. However, his concoction worked. And that tonic was so successful. Did I read once that one year it outsold Coca-Cola? You are correct. In the late 1800s, it outsold Coca-Cola. And it did it for several years. So it was one of those things that everybody had it. They had it in their medicine cabinet. You gave it to your kids. You gave it to your elderly parents. You gave it to everyone. And then they laughed because we actually had it here. So when you came to stay here, it was in your guest room. And everybody was like, wow, we sleep really well at the Grove Park Inn. (laughs) Yeah, because you're all just a little bit liquored up. That is correct. Just a little drunk. Just a little bit. It's fine. It's hysterical. All right. My other favorite story that I had heard about here. Can you please explain the connection to the Supreme Court? Oh, yes. So... I actually had a really great time with this in uh, 2013. I got a call from the Wall Street Journal, and they wanted to talk about the contract that we had signed in 1956. What was your reaction? Actually, I was in line at the bank, and I was like, (laughs) I think I probably need to get out of the line at the bank and go have this conversation for real. Because what do you say? So in 1956, we entered into a contract with the U.S. Supreme Court. And basically what that contract says is that in the event of national disaster or emergency, they would disband in D.C. and they would come here and conduct judicial business for the country from the Palm Court. Now, the Omni Grove Park Inn is constructed of native granite stone. So essentially, you're in a granite tunnel. Mm -hmm. So this was the idea is this would keep them safe. And it's pretty powerful stuff. Now, this was actually, uh, the contract we entered into was also confidential. So when I got the call, the weird part was, I already knew about the contract, but it was the fact that it was becoming public. Yikes. Uh, It actually was a conspiracy theorist who had unearthed this contract and brought it to their attention. So it was an interesting day. Did you guys have to have an internal conversation of whether or not you would deny it or just roll with it? Once it was up, they actually had a copy of the contract, so there was no way we could (laughs) deny it. Let's talk about it. However, the only real response was... You know, this is the contract we entered into in 1956. We would certainly acquiesce to the court as to its validity. However, we have no written termination. Therefore, as far as we are considered, it is a valid contract. Until you're told otherwise, exactly. right? Exactly. What do you tell the U.S. Supreme Court? No. You, you, yes. Come on in. What do you they need tell us? You Absolutely. That is correct. That is correct. And is there a bunker or anything like that for them? Nope. They would they have just, been inside they the would hotel. Have the whole building. Mm-hmm. And again, it would be the main inn, which is what uh, is in the center portion of the inn. We're basically a horseshoe now, as we have the two auxiliary wings that have been built, um, the Salmon's Wing in 1984 and the Vanderbilt Wing in 1988. But what they would have uh, basically had access to, all sleeping rooms and all meeting areas, including the Palm Court, in that native granite construction that is, to this day, like my worst nightmare when it comes to (laughs) Wi-Fi. We have more Wi-Fi in this hotel because it will not go through the granite. It's solid. It's very solid. So in order to meet the needs of our more modern guest, we had to get a little creative. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tracy, thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming to visit me. So happy to be here. This is so great. So you guys can see a ton of pictures from the competition on our website, which is RochambeauPodcast.com. And we'll also have some links up to point you to specific things that Tracy and I had chatted about. As always, thanks to Cadillac Jones for providing the music for Rochambeau. And thanks to you guys for listening. Take a moment, please, and review us on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to reach out and let us know if there's an event or competition that you know about that we should be covering. Till next time, people.
Rochambeau, have you been a good podcast this year? Ho, ho, ho. Santa knows.